to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 203, The Claws of Axos. My name is John, and joining me every time we go back to the 70s and take some bad acid is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hello. Goodness gracious, what a trip. What a trip we have today. Yeah, boy, if you think 2020 is throwing us for a loop, wait till we get into this episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, there's so much, (laughs) so much to get to. There is. Uh, but first, Taylor, how are you? Um, I'm hanging in there. It's 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 been a week, you know. Yeah, I, I know last week I was like, man, you know, it's making me happy. We had some cool lightning storms, and now I'm <laughs> 15, 20 miles from the northern edge of the third largest wildfire in California history. Um, the skies have been smoky for a week now. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw the sun when it wasn't a just giant red ball in the sky. Um, it's, it's a little apocalyptic out there. Um, so I think I've realized I just need to learn to stop saying on every episode, man, I keep thinking 2020 can't get any weirder. And then another week passes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's, God help me, it's it's crazy out there. It's we've been inside so much lately. We we'd love to just open up, just have some fresh air, but there's no fresh air out there. Can't do it. And sniffing smoke for even a little bit gives me quite the headaches. So. I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we down here in LA have our you know it's usually on fire mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is kind of like the default state. Uh, that is the default for, state for parts of Southern California. Somehow we are not as on fire as usual, and it seems like the Bay has just taken a huge hit. It's it's big. It's not it's not great. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's pretty devastating. Um, it is. It and, really is, and it yeah. I mean, it's it's nuts. I mean, I spend a little bit of my day kind of listening into the Cal Fire uh, radio feed. I'll, you know, I'm signed up for all the alerts in case, you know, the warning that's basically been extended to our city limits. Yeah, it's man. extended into the city. But from everything I've heard in press conferences and stuff that I've watched, it's like that, that is where like all the various organizations are like, no, we're drawing the line here. Yeah. People come first we're not and it's not you know we were supposed to potentially get more lightning last night yes um, and thankfully it did not manifest quite as much uh as people feared it might um so that that's kind of a relief but yeah boy it's it's definitely caused us to kind of ramp up our disaster preparedness oh i bet stuff um it's a weird world we live in you know and and we're still doing school and we're still doing work and Good Lord, I yeah. It's crazy, crazy. But we time. have Doctor Who. <laughs> that is very true. We do have Doctor Who. We have oh, bonkers my, Doctor Who. We week. have. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a good proper bonkers Doctor Who, and and 
boy, folks, get ready. If you've never seen Claws of Axos, you might want to go watch it. Holy or moly. Or listen to this, and then maybe it'll make you want to go watch yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, my friend, how are you? I'm good. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that, it, that uh, uh, of events, you know, eventful things that happened mm-hmm. um, this weekend or in the past week. And I can't really think of anything that has been that out of the blue great kind of just hanging in there you know just working yeah um yeah that's all that's all i got i don't really got a lot it's okay uh yeah it's um i don't know i don't know but we could get to uh what's making us happy this week and maybe maybe just maybe i'll think of something right now off the top of my head and i know exactly what i'm gonna (laughs) i know exactly what i'm gonna say oh good so um this weekend I, we, uh, for anyone that knows me, knows that I'm a big uh, New York Mets fan. Yep. And for anyone that also knows me, uh, knows that I am a big professional wrestling fan, but I am more importantly a uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón fan, uh, which is a group in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And this weekend... Uh, I I've bought a jacket from these people before. They're called nerd nerd clothing, and I was you know just scrolling through my Instagram, and I I read this post they have that is that says we were supposed to drop these as exclusive releases for the Madison Square Garden show that was supposed to happen with New Japan. Obviously, it didn't happen. Priest uh, goes on sale this saturday and it was yankee themed los ingobernables stuff and i went oh that's gross and then i (laughs) i saw there was another picture and i scrolled and out loud said oh come on uh full-on mets los ingobernables gear a jacket a hat and a pin and i went man wow so after a little a little you know conversation we decided that i was i was able to to purchase these items um and i did and it was kind of it was it was cool because the the guy who runs the 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 website he's he i asked him hey when did these go on sale like what time and he said i I think we're gonna put them on sale at 9 a.m eastern and i went oh (laughs) and uh, Lauren and I were watching Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which is a great movie if you haven't yeah. seen it, and it still holds up, which is great. Yeah. And I get a DM from him, and he goes, hey, we were testing some stuff on the site, and people were apparently watching the site, so people have started buying them. Oh, jeez. I'm just giving, he's like, I'm giving you a heads up right now, and I was like, thanks, dude. So I went and I purchased them. Um, he did not have to do that, which, you know, that, that, yeah, that, that was really cool. That makes me really happy. Uh, that, so I think that's, what's making me happy this week is I got those, those cool, I'll send you a picture. I don't know if you saw them. I did see them. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited because it, it, it is hashtag my brand to a T yes. if there was a yes. TARDIS on it, then I mean, that's the, I think the only thing that could, that's it. That's the only thing. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's that's. I guess that's what's making me happy is a sense of uh, community, and yeah. uh, and this is another thing we say. I, I mean, officially licensed stuff. Obviously, they might you know they're doing a little better than independent people, but still an independent brand making a name for themselves, and that's why you support li- the little people. Yeah, because they care about making sales. That's for sure. 
support your local artists and friends who are artists. Do it, people. Anyway, Taylor, what's making you happy this week? You know, I really have kind of struggled to find something just because of everything that's going on. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, Gran Turismo Sport is still making me happy. Yeah. Like, that is my, my nightly escape from the world. It's like, look, let me just race for a while and let me design some cars for a while and just get away from everything else that's going through my head. Um, Cause I can't really get out for like an actual drive right now. Yeah. Not, not in the bus where there's no air conditioning. It's like, Oh, I, I, I want some airflow. I need to open the vents or I need to roll the windows down and probably really shouldn't do that. Um, but I will say something that, that is definitely making me happy is I feel like just in the past week or two, um, my kids have, developed a really big interest in like aliens and area 51 and all that kind of stuff so it's it's been kind of interesting being able to kind of just like talk ideas and theories and you know explain a few things without going into obviously too too much detail because i don't want to be like oh and then there's this one abduction story yeah i'd I'd never do anything like that where it's like okay this is just going to terrify them you know, but just kind of like, like, all right, you're showing an interest in there. Let me give you a little bit of what I know. And I'm, and I'm, I'd love to find like one of the many books I have that would be at least acceptable enough for Echo to read. Awesome. You know, that wouldn't, hopefully wouldn't be scary, but would give, be something to read. Yeah. You know, we can't really run to the library and go like, oh, let's let's grab a book on UFOs or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, what do I have here that if she did want to read and, and, and everybody in the family, in terms of adults, were cool with it, that she could read. Um, so, yeah, kind of trying to brainstorm a little bit on that. But just the fact that they're showing an interest in that, I was like, okay, that's pretty awesome. That's very cool. Did you, I'm just doing, a, I'm doing a Google uh, search for young adult, UFO nonfiction. <laughs> oh, nice. Takes me to barnesnoble.com. Wow. Hey, I've heard of those guys. I've heard of them too. Teen nonfiction and books. There are four. Oh, are there? Yeah, there's four. Nice. What scientists say about UFOs, alien, an alien abduction one, are conspiracy theories valid? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,. Well, that's probably not confession. <laughs> Confessions of the Children of Roswell. I don't think. Uh, wow, that's probably not. Well, that's I mean, great title, though. you know, we figured it. We we tried. I yeah, tried. it's funny. I mean, I no, I was thinking. I mean, one of the books I have is called Somewhere in the Skies, which is done by Ryan Sprague of the Somewhere in the Skies podcast, and he has you know collected a lot of firsthand accounts, you know, people's experiences and stuff. And I literally like he's he's got a new edition out like he's added some stuff oh. so he's got a second edition out and i just i just commented on an instagram post i was like hey i'm really thinking about you know letting my nine-year-old uh read this book because she's showing an interest in the phenomena i'm like what do you think is there like any parts of the book where you're like mm, yeah maybe don't read that and he's like i think it would be really good but yeah maybe not the abduction stories and i'm like okay that's fair thank you for replying yeah so we'll see we will see we will see oh boy taylor 
Yes. I mean, another thing that, that could be making us happy is uh, our little podcast turns six years old on Friday. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Podcastica turns six on Friday, the 28th of August this year. That's so crazy. It really is. I saw that it was the anniversary of Deep Breath, I think, yesterday. Yes. And I was like, oh, wait a second. It's the beginning of Capaldi's run. And so I run over to our website and I go to our very first post and I'm like, hot damn, that's when our birthday is. <laughs> it is coming up on six years. Yeah, that's so crazy. Deep Breath, yeah. the first one. And uh, I mean, speaking of that, I did update our stats from um our podcastica episodes yes okay and 12 is obviously the one we've done the most of because you know it goes 12 13 and then four okay and then after that it's a tie between seven and five Hmm. okay yeah i think um we might need to show 10 and 10 11 and 9 some love here in a little bit yeah, we we kind of have been doing a lot of uh, heavy classic, classic who, yes, which is fine. Yeah. And spoiler, we're going to be doing another one next week. But I tell you what, I will I will make a point of picking a nine, ten, or eleven for my next choice. All right, there we go. Yeah, a guarantee. I'm a guarantee. Trying, I'm trying to think, see who our uh, Clara is our most reviewed companion. Obviously, well, yeah, she was in quite a lot of who. And then, and then Nardle and Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Good nice. stuff. Um, nice. And we've actually completed quite a few. Se- I mean, we've completed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven classic who's. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're getting there. I Not think I, two oh, complete doctors. Two complete doctors. Yes. We're getting there. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I want to. I want to make some more of these green, but we'll. You know, we have the time. It seems. Yes, we do. We have the time. It seems. So we got um, a decent amount of who news. Yeah, so we sure uh, do. Get into that. So, um, Stacey Abrams, whose name you may or may not recognize, depending on how up you are in American politics, um, uh, she is um, a very uh, smart. Uh, well-read, well-spoken uh, black woman who ran for governor of Georgia back in 2018 okay. um, as the Democratic candidate. Um, personal opinion probably would have won if the Republican she was running against wasn't also in charge of the voter rolls. But I will prevent myself from expounding further on that. Um, <laughs> she was on uh, David Tennant's podcast Oh, uh, recently, right? David Tennant does a podcast yeah. with, um, which is which is back finally after a really long stint. Um, <laughs> well, I had forgotten that Stacey Abrams is actually a really big Doctor Who fan. Really, she is. Huh. She is. In fact, she was chosen to give the uh, what Democratic response to the State of the Union address this year. Really. And yes. And in order to kind of like, I don't know, like build herself up or kind of get herself prepared for it. Um, she watched a bunch of Doctor Who before doing it. That's awesome. Yes. She watched like uh, like like a big chunk of Martha's run with 10 and then some of Donna. 
and, and apparently, like her siblings, like she comes from a fairly decent sized family um, uh, in Georgia, and um, like they grew up watching Doctor Who on PBS. That's awesome. And I'm like, that's fantastic. That is so cool. And it really is. It's it's a fantastic uh, interview. It doesn't dwell on just just the Doctor Who connection, right? Um, I, it's well worth the listen. Um, unfortunately, the the uh, website for David Tennant's podcast does not get updated terribly quickly. Um, so I did stick the Stitcher link in the show notes. Um, obviously, if you're savvy enough and you're not already listening to his podcast, it's very right. easy to search up and find that episode. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Um, so kind of surprising news in this pandemic era. Um, but in 2021, because I guess we're assuming COVID will disappear by then, mm-hmm. um, there is going to be a Doctor Who immersive experience opening in London. Interesting. Called, called Time Fracture. All right. Uh, and apparently you have to say it like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, look at this villain. Is this a villain? I like this um, villain. Um. Yes. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. I mean, it it seems like it's got a, a great idea and a great story behind it. Uh, it's going to run from February 17th to April 11th. Um, apparently, the organizers have implemented a range of measures to comply uh, with uh, pandemic guidelines. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know. Um I will, you know, I, I, I will believe this when it happens. That's just kind of my approach with everything in the pandemic era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I love the idea of it. I, I wish I was in London and was in a position to be able to go see it because it looks really neat. It even has a trailer and we'll <laughs> have a link to that in the show notes as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. Very cool. See. Very cool. We shall see. It and, looks neat. Yeah, and there's there there's a trailer too. That's cool. There is. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, so we've got the link to both of those in the show notes there. Um now in other news and and because you know you should uh support those industries that are probably most hit by uh what's going on. One of those being comic books. Yeah. And uh Titan Comics is relaunching their Doctor Who line. Oh my god. I'm just and, I'm looking at these these images they have. Well, and you know who did some of those images? I would like to someday say friend of the show Rachel Stott. Did but you, definitely Rachel Stott whom I've run into at Calafrey one a few times and interact with on Twitter. Awesome. Uh, she she's doing um a good chunk of the art for it. I'm trying to find where Is this Christopher she, Jones this one with all the doctors? Um, boy, I am trying to remember. I think that might be. I can't I tell. That if might that's be Rachel. Him. I, th- I think it's Rachel. Actually, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So if I am, if I am off the mark on that, because I think she shared that image on her own social media. Yeah. Oh, um, that is. But again, if I'm misspeak, misspeaking, that is epic. Um, but yes, Titan Comics' new Doctor Who comic title is being written by Jody Hauser, who we know is awesome. Yes. Uh, with art from uh, Roberta in Granata. Whew. 
I managed that one. And Enrica uh, Angiolini. There you go. First issues covers are drawn by Peach Momoko, Chris Jones, Rachel Stott, uh, and Mirk Andolfo. And with a photo variant and a blank sketch variant also provided. Yeah, they've got all of these down below yeah, here. Yeah, this is good stuff. Goes on sale November 18th. And the Sea Devils are back. Yes, yes, you beat me to it. That's exactly right. Oh so we've my God. got. Um, I will say uh, that cover with the Sea Devils, it's a 1310 adventure. Yes, they yes. look adorable. They really do. They look very cute. <laughs> they look like, I mean, I get that they are, you know, it's just their upper house, but it almost looks like they're Yoda sized <laughs> and they're cute. They, they are. I'm not sure whose artwork that That's is. That's like great artwork. Uh, and you can, you can uh, hit the arrows next to the images and kind of scroll through yes. the different covers. So we've got Rose in the adventure as well. Um, yeah, this, this will be fun. Oh, look, there's the blank one. Yes. I can draw my stick figures because <laughs> I can't draw people well. Yeah. This should uh, be very cool. Sea Devils. Yeah. I'm down. That yeah. ca- I mean, guys, just Devils. click this and check out the artwork. Man, that one with all the doctors is yep. something. Yeah. I would, I would literally put a print of that up on my wall. Oh, for absolutely. Sure. For sure. Um, and, of course, one of the doctors in that picture is Tom Baker. And the last thing we've got to talk about this Yay. week is a, uh, a Facebook post from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, which I have to say like that because if I say ABC, everyone's going to assume I mean the American Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have shared uh, footage from 1979 in which Tom Baker uh, visits an Australian classroom. It is. Um, it's so It's great. a delight. It's so it's, it, made, it made me smile so much this evening. I watched it right before we started recording, um, and it brought some much-needed smiles to my face um, because Tom Baker's just a delight to watch interact with people. Oh, it's um, I think it's only about a minute-long clip. It's it's no, it's yeah, it's not terribly long. There's a lot packed in there. There's a lot of questions from kids, and it's great. Uh, it is. It's very cute. It's very cute. Worth the watch. Um, and there's, he says one thing about uh, behind the couch, and I was like, ooh, ooh, am I going to be able to make a new new clip oh. for the soundboard? It doesn't quite fit in a way that I could make it work. Oh. That's okay. We've got some other new ones to debut. Yes, this week. we do. All right. So this week we watched The Claws of Axos, starring John Pertwee as the Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant, Nicholas Courtney as the Brig and Roger Delgado as the Master. This was the was this the Master's second story? I think it was um, second gosh, or third. Was it? Because he I would have to go back and check. He first showed up in the um, oh goodness, the people that came back in uh, the fir- in rows. No, he showed up. Oh, 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 Terror of the Autons. Yes, that's what he showed yes. up. Anyway, this was written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin and directed by Michael Ferguson. It first aired March 13th through. Did you put through? I did put through because you keep trying to say through. <laughs> there are two. Oh, my goodness. There it is. Dad through. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, wait, huh? First aired March 13th through April 3rd, 1971. Yep, that seems about right. And it is the third story of season eight. And we have some story notes brought to us by the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. 
We do indeed. And before I dive into these story notes, I have to say that after watching the war games, I'm like, I kind of feel like I need to pick a Pertwee story. Um, and basically kind of just poked around until I found one that looked good. And of course I saw the uh, people, the, the Axosians or Axons or whatever Axons. the hell you want to call them. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, we should do Claws of Axos. And I didn't go any further than that when we announced it last week. Well, in putting these notes together, um, I had a basically a synchronicity storm. Yes. Because it was actually, and I, I mean, I literally, I told John, I'm like, dude, if, if, if my wife wasn't teaching right now, I would literally fall out of my chair. <laughs> uh, because I had no idea the connections between this story and the war games. I had no idea until I started putting the show notes together. Yeah. So this story's events led the doctor to strike a deal with the master who was unusually placed in a position of distress. Well, he's usually put in some kind of distress True. with his help. The doctor was able to restore his TARDIS back to working order only to discover the high council of time. Lords had programmed it to always return to earth. No matter how many times he could attempt to leave. Obviously they did that in the war games. Mm hmm. He also revealed that the Time Lords had blocked his knowledge of dematerialization theory. Yep. War games. War games. Crazy, crazy stuff. Also, I, know. Yes. I mean, we'll get, we'll get to play the clip a little later. We'll get to that a little yeah. later. <laughs> we will. Um, oh, the Greenfield one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, save, save it. When I saw that in episode four, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Again. Yes. It's. Working titles. We love working titles yes. on this show. And the working titles for this story include Doctor Who and the Gift. All right. I mean, I get it. I get what the gift was. Yeah. But like, Make hol- that a Christmas story. holy moly. Yeah. That's like, woof. Right? woof. Uh, uh, the Friendly Invasion. Mm, no. Um, um, simply The Axons. All right. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's Short right. and to the point. And get this. The vampire from space. Yeah, that needs. I need some explanation on where that is coming from. Funny you say that. The last title was used through the production of the first two episodes. Wow. It was changed only by the time filming began on the third episode as the BBC wanted to avoid the word vampire. Good, because there's no vampires. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> no, if anything, this is more of like a bizarre kind of like I don't know, hentai story with tentacle monsters. Um, <laughs> the DVD release, though, contains unused footage and cuts from the story panel title sequence, naming the story as the vampire from space. That's crazy. Not only that, but the vampire from space was envisioned as a seven-parter. No. But the concept <laughs> of the storylines changed as production progressed. Really? Thank God I for mean- that. It feels like they almost left uh, half of that in there with uh, um, our our moving plot device on a bike. <laughs> well, it's funny enough, speaking speaking about our hobo on a bike, <laughs> the line in episode one, the freak weather conditions, is in the script to explain the shifts in weather between filming, oh. which goes from snowy <laughs> to sunny, from take to take. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's like my I think that's one of my first notes is wait a minute. This dude was like, "Oh, I got to go for a bike ride." And then he 2 minutes later is in snow. What? Yeah. 
Yep, because apparently freak weather happens in England, and sometimes you just have to keep filming. I will also say, I guess that is, you know, as crappy as that is for production, it does make, you know, like, oh, this thing landed on Earth and messed with the weather. I I mean, I guess that's fine. They, they make it work for the story, and frankly, your your simple tweet of hashtag Monday and the dude going down the embankment into the river was a little too perfect. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> for reasons entirely unexplained, the opening titles for this serial use the second Doctor's version of the Doctor Who theme as opposed to the third Doctor's theme. Um, as do The Mind of Evil and Terror of the Autons. Uh, for some reason, after this serial, the theme reverts back to John Pertwee's standard Doctor Who theme. What is that about? I have no idea, because for reasons unexplained. That's crazy. I know. I know. The yeah. original script, though, called for the Axons to land in Hyde Park, which is, I think, a big famous park. Yes. With their ship shaped like a human skull. Oh, my. That would have been so metal instead of the the... Melted rubber chicken that they used. And then the great space sphincter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, all I can see is Pertwee going, you maniacs. You did it. You finally did it. As a giant human skull is sitting in Hyde Park. The yeah. script was spectacular in other respects also. Oh, my God. What a story note. Oh, the script was really great. <laughs> the production team loved the story, but it had, but had it scaled down. On account of impracticality and that dreaded word, budget. Mm, the budget. Yes. Mm. Um, yes, which is why we get the rubber chicken. Yeah. yeah. Rubber chicken, um, uh, apple pie from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and lots and lots of LSD. Yes. Oh, this episode marked the first time that the interior of the Doctor's TARDIS was seen since... The War Games. The War Games. That's great. Yes. Very cool. Yes. And lastly but not leastly, and I, I I append this note slightly because TARDIS Wiki, it does show that it still needs a source cited for this, but it says that this story was originally written for the second Doctor. That's interesting, and I wonder if that is why they used the second Doctor's theme. Well, but it was also used on the Mind of Evil yeah, and Terror no of the So it's, it's almost like it was a production thing. It's like, dude, dude, where's Pertwee's theme? We can't find it. We uh, can't find it. Gra- grab the track that's got Troutons on it. Just slap that in there. No one will notice. It's the Doctor Who theme. They all sound the same. Neon, sparkles. <laughs> a small handful of people who was a Gallifrey one yes. two years ago are going, yes. Great. Great sketch. One of my favorite sketches ever. So good. I think they were going to do it with. Oh well, because they they were going to do it with the theme too. Yeah, because they they only did it with the logo, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yes, yeah. I would trust Lauren's recollection, though. I believe they were going to do one with the theme song. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, all right, we're almost there, folks. <laughs> and that's just to the start of the story. Yes, uh, but before that, Taylor has a world-famous synopsis for us, so take it away. Man, how do I do a synopsis for a story this bonkers? Well, when an alien ship lands on Earth remarkably close to a nuclear power plant, take note, ufologists, mm. the Dr. Joe and unit investigate, and when the UK is offered unlimited power by the 
axons, exosians, the people of axons, whatever. It all seems too good to be true. But when the master is discovered on board Axos, it turns out the ship and everything on it is Axos. Long story. Yes. It's clear that no one is up to any good. And when the master offers to help get the TARDIS running again, the temptation for the doctor to escape may prove just to be too great. What follows is a wild 70s acid trip of alien proportions. Oh, my goodness, Taylor. Taylor, this... Um... Well, I guess before we get we get into it, what are your overall feelings about this story? Oh, you know, if I were to really just let loose and, and give my feelings, we'd have to slap the explicit tag on it because <laughs> the story is definitely bonkers as flip. Yes. Um, it, it's good. Um, I kind of hesitated from calling it not great because it is kind of bonkers. Bonkers is kind of in a category of its own. Yes. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't city of death. This isn't like an instant classic. This is, this is, if you are hanging out with a bunch of friends and you've had a few drinks, I mean, socially distanced, of course, or maybe Absolutely. on a Zoom meeting and you want to do your own MST3K version and use a Doctor Who episode, this would be a great candidate. Oh man, 100%. <laughs> 100% agree. This yeah, this definitely goes into the bonkers category for us. I I enjoyed it. I think parts 3 and 4 I enjoyed a lot more than the first two parts. I agree with that. Uh the the last two parts are insane. Um but yeah, I I enjoyed this this story and I think one of the things I enjoyed the most was um our friend from the New York office. Oh yes. Bill Filer. Bill Filer, not Bill Cipher. That's the different show. Different show. Bill, Bill Filer. Man, let me tell you, this guy, uh, when he got captured, I went, man, that's not going to be great. And then, uh, you know, he has fisticuffs with his clone, mm -hmm. and it's fantastic. It is a great <laughs> fight scene. Doppelganger fights. It It's so great. And I love that the he calls the doctor Doc. And that's yep. how he know. That's how the doctor knows who he is. But this guy, um, yeah, he's a he's a take car charge kind of guy, just uh, I, doing what he wants to do, shoot yeah. shooting himself, and by himself <laughs> I mean his 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 clone. Right. Um, I, I gotta say, John, I I feel like we have discovered the third Doctor's Duggan. Yeah, I mean the Duggan before Duggan. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean. He, yeah, always, always ready to just throw down. I like yep, it. Exactly. Like he, he is laid up at one point, having been in a coma, rather talkative coma. Oh, the, the move, the plot along coma. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. move, the plot along coma. And when he's told by the brigadier to stay in bed, he's like, huh, sure. And immediately gets <laughs> he out immediately gets that, up. That is not a Duggan type move. Yes. That's very, very Duggan. For sure, and oh, when he I, flees the uh, the Axon ship, and he like yes, he just gets out at the last second, right? Does like this total like pratfall? Yes, love into it. The dirt. And also, he was he was that dude driving with the sunglasses and the leather gloves. Yeah, yes. that was good stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, Bill Filer, I think, is a new favorite uh, secondary character of mine. Absolutely. I love also when the doctor seemingly, uh, and this is in back-to-back -back stories, um, 
turns on his friends. Oh my god, yes. I really, really um kind of started to believe that and I'm like, no, no, he's he's gotta be playing him. He's gotta be playing him. Yeah. But you know, Pertree Pertwee plays it so well. Yes. I can't do alliteration tonight. Um that I'm like, oh, oh man, he's he's really gonna bail. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's like, you know, goodbye, Brigadier, you know, goodbye everybody goodbye, goodbye joe. joe i'll at least miss you i'll miss you and then leaves <laughs> goodbye joe yeah uh i mean back-to-back stories where the doctor is um you know telling everybody to, to f off i'm getting out of here pretty much and of course I mean, it's, a, it's all a big ruse it's a huge ruse yes <laughs> but i love when he he's like well i'm we're leaving bye I love that Filer's like, I'm going to murder you now. <laughs> yes. Like he pulls a gun on him, right? Yes, he totally does. Love it. Um, which, which is apparently, you know, the, the British interpretation of the American way, which unfortunately, look at the world today, is, is kind of in a lot of ways the yep. American way. Hey. Uh, okay. Well, um, I think another thing that we just did, this might take up a bulk of our time today is... What, is this the most 70s Doctor Who episode we've ever reviewed on this show? I, well, at one at one point, I probably would have said Carnival of Monsters just because yes. we've got our kind of like two space carnies. Mm-hmm. But that pales in comparison to everything in this story. I think the thing to me, because I mean, all it was missing for me was a psychedelic dance sequence. You know, you could probably take that scene where Joe and the Doctor are trying to get out of oh, and they um, get into one the Axos ship, um, and everything's kind of like rocking back and forth and shaking, and they're like pushing their way through like quote unquote membranes, yes, and they're being chased by floating Axos gold heads, and oh, again man. more 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 anti monsters, man, uh, um, and set that to like the music from Rowan and Martin's laughing, you know, yeah. or basically kind of like generic seventies swinging, you know, music of that era. Yeah. And you'd have that scene. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, this, this might be the most, the most seventies episode we've reviewed to date. And not only just for it's, kind of crazy psychedelicness um, for just the quality of the sets, the quality of, you know, Oh, our villains costumes are just span. They're spandex with, with gold paint. That's like super seventies to me. That's like screams. If I assume, I would assume if they weren't on the BBC, they would have just been wearing like little speedos and they would have been all painted up. All body paint. In fact, these, and and you, obviously it's it's very obviously these are outfits you can see the zippers on the back plain as day um, but right. they remind me of a character that I remember seeing I can't remember if it was PBS or what but a guy named Slim Goodbody oh does that ring a bell where you could see that much? and he literally he literally wore an outfit like that but it was basically the inside yeah, of man. your body I know Slim Goodbody. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I gotta get like, rid of this. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. That's fine. We've got these complete, like, slim good body outfits. Complete with, with like, hair, too. The same hairstyle. Complete style. with hair. And, 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 like, they're painted up like they're in, like, a bad knockoff of Goldfinger. Wearing, like gold-painted Muppet eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> or they're doing a Gansfield experiment or something. Yeah. Woof. Uh, and it's just... It's crazy. Not only that, but we've got... We've got basically, like, the... Um, like, the ship itself has this crazy anglerfish eye, like like an organic version yes. of that Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, and it's like... The, the other thing about the episode is whenever they're in Axos, there's, like, this this very heavy red glow on close-ups yes. yes and that that just feels very 70s to me and the other thing that feels very 70s to me is all of i guess you would call them overlays yes. where um whenever they're in axos for i think pretty much for the most part there's like another image or another film uh over it to make it like more psychedelic and weird like the yes. scene we were talking about with with Joe and the doctor and they're trying to get out of Axos and there's like you mentioned the floating heads there's that there's also like there's some other thing going on over it and then I feel like there's and the music the music was very just oh my gosh yeah that added yeah. to the 70sness of it and the sets I mean these sets very much remind me of like 70s not just like how they're designed but the use of like multi like we have the the green screen in a set yep which which that just also kind of brings back brings me back to that time so just overall man it was yeah and the fact you know literally the claws of axos i mean you know you you, it's very obviously you've got somebody behind the wall with their arms through playing the claws oh you're trapped now and you know, it just it's 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 classic and it's laughable and it's crazy all at the same time. And and it's all of that plus we've even got a little bit of like the environmental message of the seventies. Yes. At work here. Um and 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 the greed, right? The the, the capitalism. That that that's what oh the actions are, are depending on. And they they get it with our our dumpy doofus. Uh, what is oh his name? Oh my God! Yes. The what is this? Apt name Chin. Chin. Yes, Chin. His last name is Chin with two N's. Yeah. And of course, he's this you know tubby British you know guy from the ministry, and he's well, he's he's, he's bi- got as many chins as he's got ends in his name. Absolutely, and he's uh, he's big mad about being dubbed a security risk. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And oh, then, oh God, yes. and then he's in charge of everything. He gets put in charge, and he's like, "I want to blow stuff up," and mm-hmm. that doesn't really work out. And then he actually, like, at one point, I feel like disappears for an episode or an episode and a half, and he comes back and he's like, "So what did I miss?" And he's just eating a chicken leg, <laughs> like legitimately, he took a lunch break. Yeah, basically, this guy sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's very easily the guy who is set up to be like, okay, you're the stuffy government guy. I instantly don't like you. Yeah. You know, you're trying to have the brig arrested. Yes. And the brig and all of his men. Yes. What a jerk. What an absolute jerk. Um, 
I will say we did mention our our homeless uh, bike rider, and that that was just like insane. And I love like oh, that we used this. It's like the long way to get to our villains. Mm-hmm. Is this guy's just trying to go for a bike? And I love that he rides his bike to you know the weather condition, and then he drops that bike and picks up another bike, which made yeah. no sense at all. No, and and just the way the way that this guy is played, it, it reminds me of something I would have seen out of Monty Python at the time. You know, it's yeah. like I don't even think he has any lines. He just kind of rumbles. He does attempts at words. I will say, at one point, I thought this might be the master. Oh, really? I I don't know where my where that would where how that would have come to be but i'm like we're focusing on this guy way too much in the openings and i know the master's in this yes is he just doing a bit what's going on and then it turns out that no he's just a man that um deflates later on in the episode oh god yeah right that was i mean we talk about the graphics that was cool um when that one professor touches the um he touches the uh, oh, I don't know what it's called and he gets electrocuted. What, yeah, he touches it and then he his face implodes and he becomes um a bleach stained um comforter. Oh, yes. oh god, yes. <laughs> and he tries to attack the doctor. This oh my god. Look, I get it. Like I understand that's what they were working with, but it was just very funny. They're like, "All right, all right, Jim, get in there and just roll around that way. Well, and you know what's funny? I mean, it's obviously, you know, there's an actor under a sheet or blanket or <laughs> canvas, whatever that is. I have to say, you know, I have got two kids who, based on just that performance, they are ready for the big time. Oh, really? Because when my kids will sometimes be like hanging out on the floor, next thing you know, they're <laughs> under a blanket. Next thing you know, they're wandering around the house or they're rolling around under the blanket and i'm like i have got actors ready for 1970 you got it they're they're ready they're ready to go well if they ever come to get if they ever come to galley there's their costume (laughs) good god could you imagine people being like oh "Oh, man it's that bloated doctor guy (laughs) of course i'd be the one sitting there like you guys this carpet is so dirty why are you (laughs) why oh my goodness well i mean let's talk about uh i guess our mute our mutants <laughs> our mutants <laughs> our, mu- our mutants in the story or as i like to call them melted big sticks because <laughs> they look like a big stick that fell on the ground and got some twigs in it and starting to melt oh good humor big sticks great yeah. great stuff um <laughs> I mean, this is where things start to get crazy because we all we kind of find out that um, we are all um, Axis or Axos. Yep. Uh, and when when we're called by Axos to go, uh, you know, do something, we turn into these um, these crazy monster looking things that are kind of like an orange reddish yeah Just mess a bundle, bundle of tentacles that kind of walk. I mean, it's it's a fine design. I mean, they made. I think there were a lot of them at one point when the yeah, brig was were. just running. Or no, it wasn't brig. It was Benton was like, I'm just gonna mow through these guys. Oh God, yes, 
and he mows through two, and then oh. three of them attack him. Yes, and then we and get. Then, like, <laughs> that's such a weird scene. Truck and the truck gets blown up. Yes, and, I took oh a, a hat. Did I post that gif as well? No, I, ha- I took. I, I did so. one of that too. Just nice. of the flaming truck. Like this was also like a very practical effect where the uh, where Benton and a, a unit soldier are trying to fight off um, our monsters and. <laughs> Uh, and this also seems super dangerous because I'm pretty sure the unit soldier didn't say, I have just put an active grenade in the, the back of our our vehicle. You should leave. Right. right. He just pulled the pin and I don't think said anything. So Benton bails and there's, <laughs> there's one monster on the hood and the <laughs> grenade explode and a magnificent explosion happens. Yes. And man... That that car is on fire. That it's a. I guess is it a is it a jeep? It's not a jeep. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a Land Rover. It's Land a Land Rover. Rover. Land Rover's on fire, going down a hill in somewhere yeah. in the UK. And I sincerely hope uh, that because um, they stayed on that shot for a while. I really hope there were people down the hill ready to uh, extinguish that. It was a great visual, though. Really was, yeah. I mean, this 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 story, for as bonkers it is, it it really, especially episodes three and four, are just. Actually, I'm going to say the end of two and then three and four are yes. chock a block full of action. Yeah, I mean, so the tentacle things. There's this one insane, like I I was like, all right, they're being chased by, and I think it was towards the end of two. I'm like, all right, the monster things are chasing them. I guess whatever. And then one does the scorpion get over here from Mortal Kombat, but yeah. instead of instead of uh, you know bringing him back to him, he literally explodes a man with his tentacle. Yes. yes. And as soon as that happened, I went, "I'm 100 percent on board with the rest of whatever's going to happen here." I honestly, I have more all caps notes this episode <laughs> or this story than I think I might have ever uh had because yes it's like oh my god those tentacles blow stuff up and apparently electrocute yeah they do it all yeah and they uh they like they can cause giant they can make a man explode completely or they can just make his chest explode it's crazy (laughs) it is it's it's uh i mean i know this is a you know a one-off monster but pretty pretty cool i mean simple design but they're exploding guys it's crazy yeah also, was I led to believe when you shoot them? Because um, when I think the brig shoots one, it like it shows that it shoots into him, and it makes like a whistling sound. Yeah, there's there's this almost like um, like a punctured tire kind of whistling. I almost thought it would be like, and I think that was moments before the tentacle. I thought it was going to be like a poison gas situation. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, but I mean, the other thing was was pretty cool too. Exploding yeah. people with tentacles, <laughs> absolutely nuts. Love it. Yeah, yep. And the, just yep. the cuts they would do, like especially with the exploding man, that was such like a perfect cut to tentacles touched him. He has exploded. Yeah, it was good stuff. I really, really time. enjoyed that. Oh my goodness, I'm trying to think. We haven't even talked about the master in this story. Hardly the the master, our master mechanic, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So I love that he is 
you think he's seemingly just captured, but it turns out that he's just trying to get close to the doctor because the doctor must be destroyed. Oh, I was going to say, because he loves him, but yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> love, 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 hate, you know how it goes. That's exactly how it is. And that is exactly how it is. It, ter- it turns out that he's working with the, the Axon because they took his TARDIS and won't give it back. Yep. Um, And he ends up, I love when he enters the TARDIS and it's just like, there are wires everywhere and he's just like, ugh. I, I really, I felt seen because that that's like the underside of the dash of the bus. <laughs> fires everywhere and i'm like where does anything go oh my goodness but yeah I, I, I could him trying to get the tardis to run was very funny i mm-hmm. took great pleasure in that and then when we finally like it's revealed to the master because we know why right and he's like oh and and i think that kind of makes the master trust the doctor a little more when he says like i want to get out of here and he goes, oh, you don't, you can't remember how to get out of here. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, mutually beneficial. I get the TARDIS and I get to get out of here and you get to get out of here. Obviously, it's all a ruse. It, it is, but I, I love how they set that up. How they they set up a story in which, you know, the doctor's nemesis um, not only kind of like has to work with him, mm-hmm. but at least I got the sense that he kind of almost, almost feels just a twinge of, you know, like bad for the doctor because it's like, Oh, the time Lords did this to you. Yeah. I mean, he might cause he, you know, he's not a fan. No, exactly. And, and, you know, maybe it's short lived, but right. You know, there's still that like, Oh doctor, you don't know how to do this anymore. Ah, <laughs> you know, yeah. where he's like, that really kind of sucks, and I hate the Time Lords for it, but I'm also seeing an opportunity for myself. So let's play both sets. Win-win. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But naturally, the Doctor betrays him and says, here you go, and leaves. <laughs> puts yeah. It, he puts it. Uh, oh, no, he puts the... Um, he puts the Axos in a time loop, and, he, and the, the Master exactly. is, is there as well. Yeah. Because he's, I mean, he's doing like the 4D chess against the the Axos as well. Yeah. Being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll hook you up to the TARDIS and, and you'll be able to travel in time in a little loop. But <laughs> you didn't hear that part. Just travel in time, you'll be fine. That's all, that's I, got all you. I heard. I got you. And then he's like, he's like jumped on by our tentacle monsters. Yes. And, and, and I'm not joking. I'm, I'm watching it and he's trying to reach for like this one knob where he can kind of like, you know, uh, turbocharge the, the TARDIS and break free of the time loop that he's put everybody in. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, I mean the TARDIS console, it's, it's a set, it's part of a set. It's probably made from wood, you know, and, there's so many people like leaning on it right now. You can literally see it shake and like move. It's like not even bolted in place. It is like sliding. Even though you're close up yeah. on his hand trying to reach the whole thing is it's really wobbly. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are going to break this. Like, stop. Yeah. stop. You're going to break it. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. That was very good. Uh, I'm trying to, is there any, anything? I mean, I feel like our Doug and scale is going to be a pretty decent sized discussion. Yeah, I'm 
Oh man. Um, good Lord. I feel like, I, I feel like we didn't even touch on the fact that, that the whole like, like access does this thing where it's like, Oh, here humans, we let us recharge our batteries and we will give you something amazing. Here it is. It's called Axonite. It can make frogs big and, and small and small and turn <laughs> people into soap suds. Yeah. Um, it seems and, great. It does all these great things, but it's actually a trick because apparently axonite is a bait for human greed. Yes. Uh, which is a great line. Um, but at the same time, like they're, I don't know what exactly they're doing at this power plant, but they apparently have this chamber that can, according to the dial, speed things up to six times light speed. That is very fast. That is really unheard really of kind speed. Of bonkers. Um, yes, it's ludicrous speed. I would go so far <laughs> to say. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so so there's that whole aspect going on, and they're like trying to suck all the power, and then they're like pushing the power back in, and there's I don't know. It gets kind of crazy, um, but I feel like we should at least mention that there's that aspect of the story going on. Oh yeah. The the um, whole uh Axonite stuff, it looks like a it looks like a big, like not great glowing tangerine. Kinda yeah. Like it like kinda you would not, yeah. You would not want you would not no, don't eat that. It's glowing. No. No, yeah. But they and they, it, and- they describe it as a what is it? It's a self uh man, it's like a it's a do it all element. Yes. It can do anything. It can yes. duplicate. It can make things. You could, you could be like, "Oh no, the world only has one chicken left," and then you can just make it ten stories tall and eat chicken forever. That's right. Something just like the, that. I don't the biggest, know. The biggest Popeyes ever. Look, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I ne- they if they came to me and that was the example, I'd be like, "Sold. Just give it to me." <laughs> what do you, you guys want to crash at our place? That's fine. Whatever. Fried chicken sounds good. I right got a giant. I can make um, a giant chicken. <laughs> cool. <laughs> He's a giant chicken. I tell you. <laughs> um, in the beginning of episode four, um, we I, I know we've talked about this, the the very psychedelic scene as Joe and the Doctor are trying to get out of the ship, right? But the level to which Joe is flipping the flip out. Oh, dude! Yes, is just. Like it's not even next level. It's like level above next level. I mean, it, she was <sighs> overselling that like crazy, oh, yeah. dude. Oh yeah. My goodness. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, and and the doctor uh, actually slaps her. Yeah, I mean, this is like a scene straight out of airplane. Yeah, <laughs> slaps her. Oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it it's pretty insane. It's very, it's very bonkers, very bonkers stuff. And then that's when we travel through. Oh, and that's the other thing that's crazy about that scene is when they're pushing through the membrane and it's, it's like the floating heads and the overlay yep. of like yep. red and all this other crazy is he's making her do math. Yes. Yes. Here. Joe, right, Joe recite, do some math. Recite your times tables for me. Basically, that's going to calm you down. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I'm sorry, it, Doctor. Seven times three is not going to calm me down. Apparently, it. I mean, it calmed her down enough to like math would never calm me down in that. In no. any, I think in any situation. No, I'm not a math major, so math will not calm me down. Yeah, 
that just was i mean good lord what what do you have to be doing what do you have to be taking how late at night does it have to be for you to come up with that scene and write it yes oh you know what else we we missed and we we have two new sound clips we do and this this happens right before one of the um the axos turns into our our grounded spaghetti monster <laughs> and i laughed out loud like <laughs> i had to watch it like two or three times and i'm it glad i'm glad taylor caught this because he this this axon goes all right you guys he's just talking like a normal person he's like all right you guys got everything you need and then and then he gets a call from the big giant head which is very calmly speaking yes, like yes. whoever very calm absolutely whoever voices that um I guess the eye stock person, the yeah. overlord of Axos, did a great job. But then we hear this when he's about to leave the room. I must leave now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I must leave now. It's That's what happens after you have eaten the hottest hot wings of all time. Yes, yes. That's what happened. That is, boy, you know, if, if there's ever an emergency bathroom break that we need to do in the episode, play that sound, and I'll know where to make the edit. That's great. Oh, uh, I, so good. I love that. Any awkward well, moment in any episode as well. Yes. When we're talking about an awkward moment in the show, we're using that well, for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and any time where let's say um, you make a prediction yes. about a story and it somehow completely comes true because you kind of have that yes. uh, that knack, you could definitely play our other sound. Yes. On the soundboard. And I will do that right now. Go on, say it. Say what? I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. God, exactly the way that Pertwee delivers that is so Pertwee, good so sassy he is he does know how to fly the TARDIS he's stuck on earth and the sass levels are two three million one hundred percent and actually another thing we we forgot to mention when when Sergeant Benton is driving the way that the our grounded spaghetti monsters stop his 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 uh land rover. Yeah. Um, they knock over a tree. Oh yes, and I I lose my mind and like message you instantly. I'm like, oh my god, a tree fell across the road because what I what I think very strongly is that if you continue to do what you're doing, things will fall in your path. Yes, like a like a tree. No like balloons tree. again. No balloons. No 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 blue star balloons. No in this one. Um, but oh boy, oh boy, yeah, wow. boy, yeah. that jump out at me. I was like, another tree uh, fell. It <laughs> happened again. Did that happen in War Games too? Uh, yes, it was. It was. It was in the the first third. Yes, of War Games, and that that's when we pulled this out of that? episode seven of the second season. So, earlier, it's so weird. Yeah. All right, Taylor. If we have nothing left to talk about, we have more to I, talk about. 
have literally one thing left. Yes. And I did leave it as a note because I was like, this is so obvious. I'll never forget to talk about it. And I almost forgot to talk about it. But <laughs> when you mentioned uh, uh, just before the tree fell, before the Land Rover, did you notice how basically all, all of the close-up driving scenes, whether it's Bill Filer, whether it is Unit or someone else that I just can't think of, you see the blue screen. No, I didn't. Yes. Oh, my God. Go back and look. It's not just supposed to be blue sky. It is too deep of a blue. <laughs> it's like, here's the blue screen, but we didn't do the CSO to put the background up. That's amazing. So it's like, here's this close-up, and it's like, you know, shaking shaking the truck, and he's supposed to be driving along, but it's just a solid dark blue background. <laughs> that is... Literally, I think, like, if it's if it's ten scenes, nine scenes or like that, I think there's one where it's like, oh, here's a light blue sky in the background. That is everything else is dark blue. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh my goodness. All yeah. right. We have much to discuss in our next Indeed. topic. Oh, I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time. All right, so I will say when scrolling through my notes, to get to my notes, I have to go through yours, and sometimes I see random stuff. I did see Doppelganger (laughs) doppelganger fight in episode two, and I went, okay. And then I (laughs) scrolled a little little more, and I think, oh, no, I saw the Is is Bill Filer the Pertwee Era's uh, Duggan, and I went, oh, I went, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I will say, while I, wa- I was very impressed with um, Bill Filer, and he did do a lot of great stuff, that doppelganger fight was insane. It was great. If it was just that, I think my r- rating would, would be a little, uh, it'd be a little lower. But let me tell y'all, we, <laughs> with the grounded spaghetti monster tentacle explosions... There, yep. I mean, he literally explodes an entire man. He is gone. So we have yep. that. We have um, them getting run over by the truck. Yep. We also have them just kind of doing the chest explosions to people. They're electrocuting people. Truck and blowing up. Truck blowing up, absolutely, and just being a, f- a flaming wreckage falling down a hill. And then on top of that, Taylor, we have this epic battle in episode four, yes. in like the the little control room where we brought the um the 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 rotten tangerine, yes, and we're this having it. It's great, epic. It's epic. It's so fun. It's just like a great little. I, I'm I'm going ten out of ten on this. That, and not to mention that entire building ends up blowing up. That's right. It also blows so we up have that too. I forgot about that. We have that as well. We've got some great stunt flips. Yes. Oh, when the when the master shoots the guy with his his laser gun, he does a complete yep. backflip while an explosion. Flip. Yeah, man. I think I think we even get a flip out of one of our tentacle monsters. If I'm not mistaken, we have to. We. I mean, there was there was like forty of them on the screen at one point. It was nuts. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, we've got so much. I mean, we just we, we we've got Bill Filer like literally being like you know yo i'm gonna i i'm i'm clearly the dangerous american yes um, I, i'm gonna do my talking with my gun 
Oh, yeah, and he fires an, an entire clip into his doppelganger. Yes. Forgot about that. Yep. Um, this, I mean, it is bat guano crazy. It's nuts. It is absolutely nuts. I'm for sure going perfect 10 out of 10 here. It. I cannot be stopped. I have, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have a hard time not following suit. I mean, I... I where do I ding it? It's, it's not like, you know, it's not like board games where it's like, you're clearly throwing punches and you've got about six and a half feet. No, not at all. Socially distanced while throwing punches. Doppelganger fight was, it was tight. I didn't see any like crazy missed punches. It was nuts. No, I mean to, to be able to, and not, not just the, the experience of watching that as an audience, understanding kind of what goes into the directing of that, where, where you have a character who has to basically fight himself. Yes. The, the, the blocking and the camera angles, and it, you have to also admire the technical aspect of pulling that off and making it look good, and they make it look great. Oh, yes, they do. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, this this is a 10. Yeah, there we go. It, and watch it if if not anything, just watch it for that craziness. Come on now. Oh God, yeah. I mean, really, there will be moments where if you folks have never watched the story and you, you go, okay, I'm gonna sit down and watch it because these guys clearly love it. Mm-hmm. Th- there will probably be points where you're like, seriously, like, <laughs> no, there will be well, those points. There will be. There will be like you're you're gonna say how did Podcastica convince me to watch the story and then you will get at least to the end of episode two yes. and you go okay I trust these guys yes they don't steer me wrong and then you'll leave us a great review and we'll thank you for it yes we will and then uh, I mean oh we do have I I almost forgot hold on we got sorry one. I'm jumping way ahead sorry no it's it's fine it's fine here we go gathering close it's time for. Behind the couch, <laughs> a newly reworked. Yes, newly reworked behind the couch. Yeah, I, I I have been feeling more and more that like the maturity level of my two kids is 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 drifting. So I don't I don't feel like I can speak accurately to to just like how my kids would handle it. I feel like from now on, I kind of have to talk about the behind the couch scale is, is how scary is the story in general? Mm-hmm. Like how, how much will it put the average person uh, behind the couch? Assuming that you didn't just drop the remote back there. Yes. Take care of your remotes, people. Um, this story is not particularly scary. It's got some nice tension at times though, because like I really was kind of thinking, you know, three was going to be like, yeah, I want a chance to get out of here. Yeah. Let's take off. Like I really thought he was going to like pull that. Absolutely. Um, but but it's like, you know, come to this story for the what are those crazy gold haired people? Yes. Stay, stay for just how off the wall bonkers the rest of it gets. Yeah. Um, it's it's insane. It's it. I'm we're not joking. This is probably the most 70s story we've ever reviewed. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's got some crazy action. It's got some nice connections back to the war games. So if for some reason you're following along with us and you're like watching along and you go straight from the war games to this, you're going to see some nice connections. Yeah. But absolutely. it probably, I don't think the story will put you behind the couch at any point. No, absolutely. But it will make you 
a galactic yo-yo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Joe, I guess I'm a galactic yo-yo. Can I just say your third doctor impersonation is really good. It's almost on par with your Perry. <laughs> doctor, call me Big Fish. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm on a blocked list now somewhere. That's okay. It's somewhere in my head. I went, why would we call you Big Finish? I don't know. Oh, but, wait, uh, I don't know. Um, all right. So not going there. No. Where are we? Where are we now? Next time. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yes. You guys. Yes, I'm excited. Like I said, I updated our episode guide and I went, you know what? Let's let's go. Let's go over over here because I feel like and this is this is the 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 story directly after City of Death. Yes, that's correct. Uh, so we're going to be watching The Creature from the Pit, which is probably more menacing than it actually sounds from the reviews <laughs> I've read. But whatever. Um, it stars Tom Baker as the Doctor, Lala Ward as Romana too, and David. It's Beerly Briarly. Briarly, goodness, it's a Briar Patch, John. David Briarly <laughs> as Canine, and I believe this is the first appearance of David Briarly as Canine. Uh, so yeah, I believe that I I did read that somewhere. So that's what we're going to be watching next time. I have no reference to anything. I did read one review that said, if you like Douglas Adams' humor, you will enjoy this. So I said, oh, all right, let's go. I have I remember catching bits and pieces of it on Pluto TV every now and then. Yes, Pluto TV. So, great, yeah. great stuff. All right. So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter blue box ufo subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher and spotify just search podcastica rate and review us as well and uh, soundcloud.com slash the notlg if you just want to head on over there and see all of our other stuff and of course notlg.com uh notlg.spreadshirt.com buy one of our shirts if you so desire or a mug you can always use a mug or patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Uh, but message remains the same as I stated at the beginning. Support your friends who are artists because, you know, everything's on fire and we can't go outside. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, retweet, support them monetarily, do whatever you can to get their, their art out into the world. And that has been it for us for episode 203. Join us again next week, 204. Goodness, the creature from the pit. I make it sound more menacing than it probably is, but we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya. I forgot. I was like, is this episode 203? And I'm like, John, you just marked all the episodes today. Should be. I tend to be pretty good about making no, sure that it's, I No, it's 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 right. It's right.